Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 10 from Quarantine. Wow. Stop counting the episodes. Uh, no, I'm not going to. It keeps me, it keeps me feeling like. It differentiates it. Yes. That's why I'm you doing it. It's completely our norm now. <laughs> like, yes, because it's making me feel like this won't be our normal forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's a hundred mechanism. It's a hundred percent a mental thing just to kind of like make me, you know, make me feel better about the situation. Oh yeah. I totally know that. Thank you. Um, Okay, listen, let me just start off by saying, obviously we're going to do the same thing as always, go through scene by scene. Last night's episode was definitely not nearly as intense as the last two. And quite frankly, like I know one could watch this and be like, oh, come on, they're on their bullshit with the fillers again. I needed the break. I couldn't deal with another, you know, drag out Kim Courtney situation. I needed like a breath of fresh air. The way I feel about this episode is like, there was so much filler and so much like stupid stuff that was just like, obviously not a real plot. But I think there's so much to read in between the lines of those ep- of like those little plots that there's enough to like actually have serious conversations about without the show feeling like draining. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of like, for example, even the stupid shit here had more depth than like an art vandalay situation. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, listen, I could talk about Chloe's dating life and Chris's sex life all day. So if they're presenting it to us in ways that are stupid, but still able to talk about it, like so be it. Also, last week when we, you know, when Corey really came out of left field in Paris and was kind of being the mediator and the voice of reason, and we said, we kept saying like, oh, you know, we want to see more of Chris and Corey dynamic. And then they give us basically an entire episode. Right. I was like, and not just dynamic, like literally them having sex the entire episode. Yeah. That was like the best thing ever. Was it not? No, it was the best. I know. Chris was on one. No, Chris is, I mean, she said it. I think a lot of it is, is like hormonal whatever's going on with her partially and partially she's just like I do not give a fuck you know I think Chris Jenner is a really good representation of post-corona America 
Wow, Julie. I, I, I understand what you're saying there. Like, I think everybody's just going to get out of here and be like, remember how horny Kris Jenner was? That's going to yeah. be that. <laughs> I'm already there. <laughs> I literally I, I kept saying bondage during Seder last night. <laughs> that was the fun. Julie sent me the funniest Snapchat. It was like it was like her her Seder thing underlined with bonds, and she was like day fourteen of quarantine <laughs> turned on at the Seder. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know me. Um, yes. Okay. Shall we? We shall. So we started off by Kim and Chloe in their confessional, kind of just telling us that Courtney has decided to take a step back from the show, and you know they seem happy for her. It was kind of like. They're like, yes, they obviously are happy for her. I know that. But the way they're saying it, you could tell Chloe just didn't want to say a word. She was like, we're going to do the right thing. Kim's going to say it. I'm not going to get involved. You know what I mean? And I also just wanted to add in, as you guys know, last week, Kim was on Jimmy Fallon and she talked about the fight. And she said, when our mom saw it, she was like, who are you guys? What's going on? And she said that they took, you know, had to take off a week from filming to kind of just adjust to that and to take a minute to breathe on it. So this was definitely, like we were watching this happen in action in a lot of ways. Like that confessional was filmed post-fight, you know? Right. So, okay. We start off at an open house that Scott is throwing for a house that he recently flipped. And this was like, this is the kind of situation, this wasn't a filler scene because it wasn't like some fake plot line, but this was good fucking lightweight content. Do you know what I mean? No, this was the best. There's something, first of all, about other like celebrities being on Kardashians. Like, even if you don't consider Mauricio to be like a specific celebrity, it's not like when Christy was on that one time. But still, there's just something about mixing things where you're like, oh God, this is such a good scene. I mean, Julie, within is remember when Isabel texted us because she watched it a little bit earlier, earlier than we did, and she was like, "Guys, I'm two minutes in, and I've already seen Sophia, Mason, and Mauricio. Like, this is about to be a good time." I mean, you know? what I said was that if I walked into a house and saw, saw Mauricio, Sophia, Richie, Stormy, and Mason, I would buy that house on the spot. Oh, it's the best! It's literally the best, like you know, additional uh, like accolades that he could have, just their presence. Yeah. So. You know, they're just they're just having casual conversation, but obviously I'm so interested in every single word they're saying because apparently I didn't know this. Mason and Stormy have this really close relationship. Did you have any idea? I had no idea. Stormy is obsessed with Mason. Scott says that Mason only talks about Stormy, which is the cutest thing ever. The cutest thing ever. I mean, he probably misses having a little sister that's that little. You know, I know he has rain, but it's different. I also think that Mason's getting to the age where he feels like the family protector. I think so too, in a lot of ways. I mean, God is grooming him to be like, okay, you're the man of the family. Like, how are you going to act? I also think that they're just so outnumbered in terms of the male to female ratio in that family. You know, that he, yeah. Also, you know, we always say that Mason is going to be such a ladies man and he already, I think is, but you see him walking around with these two girls and I love this. And and he comes back and Scott's like, did you get their number? And he's like, I don't have a phone. (laughs) And Sophia's like, no, like he's going to hang out with these girls this weekend. I gave them my number. You don't have to date them. You can be friends with them. I, Julie, I missed seeing Sophia. I was really nervous. We were never going to see her on the show again. Well, she really fucked us up with that interview that she did. The red carpet interview. I love her on the show. I love her presence. I love their dynamic. And I love seeing her with Kylie. So she said, I guess she meant when she said in that interview that she was not going to be seen on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, maybe she meant like as a big role. Yeah, like I think that 
I, I think that she's not going to be doing something like the way it was when they were on vacation, where it was like there were scenes and it was most of the episode was entirely focused on her or a large portion of it. But I think to have one scene where she's with Scott doing something for Scott, I don't think she's going to be picky about being like, I don't want to be seen on camera. Don't include me. Yeah. I think if like, if she happens to be there, it's fine, but she doesn't want the storyline about her. Right. It doesn't seem like her personality to make a filming issue when she's there. Yeah. Absolutely. And it also doesn't seem like her personality to not go to Scott's open house just because the cameras are going to be there. Exactly. Okay. So moving on. So that was a nice kind of set the scene. We saw some familiar faces. We got to see some gorgeous real estate. I was feeling good. I was really, and also, I mean, let's just be honest, Mauricio Umansky, like, I know, come on. It's a good time. Yeah. Fuck me up. Okay. Next scene, we're at Chloe's house and it's Chris and Chloe. And this kind of sets the scene for Chris's entire demeanor this this episode, which is really on a mission to get Chloe a boyfriend. And so she's asking, you know, is she dating anyone? And Chloe's like, no, I'm not even thinking about it. She's like, have you been on a date? And she's like, not since Tristan and I broke up. I have friends that are like, I want to hook you up with someone. I just don't care. I'm focused on myself and true. And that's just what I do. Who knows? Maybe I'll never date again. Which sat like sounded the alarms for Chris, right? right? That was like a mother's worst nightmare to hear. Yeah, so she goes, Chloe has definitely been through a lot in her confessional. She goes, Chloe's definitely been through a lot, uh, through a tough year. And the fact that she says she doesn't want to date again is a little sad for me because I want her to live her best life and hope that she'll have another baby one day. And I think it's good to put yourself out there for a little bit in order to figure out what you want and what's meant to be. So, I mean, this was just the most classic like mother-daughter conversation ever. So Chris is like, you want another baby? And she's like, not now, no. And Chris kind of gets on her about freezing her eggs, which again is a narrative we see throughout the rest of the show. And Chloe says, and I really liked this line in her confessional, she goes, I just find it so strange that people find it such a negative when somebody wants to be single. Trust me, if I wanted to date, I would date. I want to invest my energy into my daughter and my self-healing. And I think that should be really empowering and it should be rewarded rather than frowned upon. And like, oh my God, is she okay? I'm actually fucking fantastic. And I think everybody needs to jump on the bandwagon. And she says to Chris, she's like, I'm completely happy and fine. And Chris goes, wow, that's impressive. There is a lot to talk about here. A lot. First of all, just on the like simplest level, weren't you surprised that Chloe's eggs weren't frozen already? I was just because I, I honestly, I like had a, you know, when you have a memory of something that didn't happen. Yes. I guess because of how much she went through with fertility with uh, Lamar in those seasons, I guess I, in my head thought that she had already had them frozen. Clearly she didn't. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I think I I just misinterpreted when they were saying it. Yeah. Same. Especially shocked because there was a period of time prior, like in between Tristan and Lamar, where Chloe knew she wanted kids. Like it wasn't, this isn't like just the post-true situation. Like Chloe always really wanted kids. So I was just so shocked that in between that time, she wouldn't have been like, let me just do this just in case, because I know that if there's one thing I want, it's kids. I think she really believed in the fact that she was going to like find someone to have a kid with naturally, which she did, you know? Like I could totally see it being... I don't know, even like a spiritual thing for her. I don't know what her reason is. I mean, I have to say, which we'll get into later in the episode, like I am all for if people want to freeze their eggs, doing it, whatever they feel comfortable with. But the way that they made it out in this episode, like, oh yeah, just go to their grocery store, freeze your eggs. It's not like that. Like, yes, it is. We are so lucky to have the technology for women to be able to do that, you know, like to, I don't know, help the biological clock a little. I get that. But it is, you have to take fertility drugs. It's not the easiest process. It's not like it always, you know, it's, I just felt like they were making it a little bit too easy. I understand that the complications that quote normal people would have, like the cost isn't an issue. I get all those things, but you have to take into account 
you know, you don't just want to put those hormones into your body just to do it, you right. know? Of course. I don't know. They were making it out to be so casual here. They were making it out to be very casual, but I think the reason they were making it out to be casual is because they wanted Chloe to do it so badly. So like, instead of thinking about it, the way it comes off actually on the show to people watching, it was more just like, let's play down the process to Chloe because she needs to do it. And also the thing with Chloe is I think that she's obviously at an age where it's like, as you get older, you have less eggs. And I think in their mind, it was like to play down. And maybe it wasn't even like a conscious thing. Maybe subconscious. There was like, if we play it down and she does it sooner rather than later, she has the best odds at doing it. Yeah. I guess I should just out loud acknowledge my bias a little. Cause like, I probably see it a little bit differently, which is that like, you know how my mom was like, because yeah, my course. mom's cancer was estrogen positive, And that's obviously she ultimately died from breast cancer. Like her, like I've never been on birth control. I've never done anything with hormones because personally I'm so afraid of ha- anything regarding that. Um, and so that's probably why I saw it through a different lens. So like, I get that, that my eye isn't the norm. So like, I'm just, if I say something that's like a little off, that's why. Okay. I'm just acknowledging that. Yeah, no, of course I know that. Um, well, you guys know that too now. <laughs> Um, wait, I have a couple things though. You know, it's interesting because on one hand it makes, this is so on brand for Chris, like, you know, getting involved where she maybe shouldn't, et cetera. But I also feel like, you know, Chris to me defines like independence and woman power and all these things. And when she said, when Chloe said to her, like, I'm completely happy and fine. And Chris is like, wow, that's impressive. Like as if you're not allowed to be happy single, you know? Right. Well, I think Chris is just projecting the happiness that she feels. And she was like, like in her mind was like, okay, I, you know, discovered this happiness at this stage of my life. Like I want, and like, I think in her mind, it was more like, I wish I had had this exact thing sooner probably. And I think for her, it was like, well, if I can get Chloe there and help her, she can be as happy as I am. Absolutely. It was coming from a really, really good place. I just feel like what I wanted to shake, shake her and say was like, listen, Chris, I get it. Being in a relationship is amazing. And I do eventually think Chloe will be, but look at her choice. Like, look where they've led her. Like maybe she really needs this time so that the next one doesn't fail as horribly as the previous ones, you know? Well, I think that's the thing that you and I always talk about with Chloe and dating is like, it's one thing to date when you have a distrust in men, but it's a whole other thing when you're Chloe and you're dating and you now have a distrust in not only men, but in yourself and your own decision-making. I think it makes it so much harder. And I think that that's something that she's really going to have to work through before she even considers going in and dating on like even the, the like most shallow level of it. Exactly. And that's why I think she's taking this time to regain her, like her own judgment, her confidence in her own judgment. You know what I mean? I think in Chris's mind, it's like, Oh, Chloe, she's such a catch. Like she's so gorgeous. She's such a good mother. She's such a good, she'll be such a good wife. Like she's so great and so amazing. Like I just want her out there because I know all of these qualities she has failing to kind of yeah. see the side of it where Chloe's like, I don't like trust my own judgment right now. Exactly. Exactly. So moving on to the next scene where this is kind of starts off, starts us off into real, like learning how fucking horny Chris Jenner is this episode. So Corey is dropping her off for lunch with Kendall and Chloe and you see they're like making out in the car and she's all, she walks in and she's all like flustered. Is that a good way to put it? Disheveled. Like her hair is like, she's like hot. Like her, her cheeks are a little red. Yeah. She looks like, you know, like, oh, Julie, you want to know what I immediately thought of? I don't know if you did too. <laughs> you know, those TikToks that are like, like me and my boyfriend going down to dinner after he just rearranged my guts. Yeah, exactly. 
That's what I felt like. Like she looked a little shameful, but wanted to show off a little. Exactly. So she comes in and she's like, do I have lipstick all over my face? And they're like, no, why? She's like, oh, you know, we were just having a little makeout session in the car. And she's like, is, is my shirt on right? And he's like, she's like, why would your shirt not be on right? She's like, you know, just one of those days. And Chloe's like, why isn't Corey here? I thought he was coming to lunch. And she's like, he had to go home and sleep. You know, we were up all night. You know how that goes. <laughs> I was dying. We I feel like this is just like the, the best Chris Jenner plotline ever. Julie, I feel like we manifested it. I know that sounds crazy, but I literally, we sat here last episode and we're like, all we want is more of Chris and uh, Corey. Well, the other thing with Chris and Corey is that like, I feel like, okay, we've slowly been getting it piece by piece. It's like, okay, we're slowly gearing up to learn more about Corey. Now we're gearing up to learn more about the way Corey interacts with the family. Now we're getting a little bit more about the way Corey takes on that kind of fatherly role. Now it's like, okay, what's missing? The one piece, what is Corey and Chris's sex life like? And then they give it to us. And I was just like, wow, this is a blessing. So, you know, the, everything is just like overly sexualized. The tiramisu comes and she's like, oh my God, this is like sex. I could rub it all over my body. And Chloe's like, why would you want to do that? And she's like, just trust me. And she's in her confessional, which by the way, MVP of this scene, the waiter. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. So Chris is in her confessional and she's like, you know, women go through different stages in life and I'm going through one of those stages where I cannot get enough of my boyfriend. And it's a little unfair that I'm dating and having the time of my life and Chloe's not. <laughs> Right. Which, which that, that was like a, a also funny addition. Like, okay, so it's not just that you want more grandchildren. It's not so whatever. You also feel bad that you're horny and your daughter who's like yeah. 40 years younger. Yeah. The other side of her was like, I know how horny I am with a boyfriend. I can't imagine what Chloe's going through two years without one. Exactly. And she's eating the tiramisu and she's like, wow, this is like a sex dessert. And Chloe's like, stop saying sex like that. She's like, why? It's not a dirty word. It's sex. And she's screaming it in the waiter. <laughs> The waiter's like, what, waiter, you want hot water? <laughs> she, yeah, the waiter like thought she asked for like tea. She's like, no, I just wanted, I just wanted some sex. I just, I just can't stop saying it. I'm like, oh my God. I have, I didn't even, I was about to say this before I even saw your note. I have never seen Kendall more uncomfortable. Ever. That was like Kendall's worst nightmare. Yeah. Kendall was ready to like, just, she could not get out of there fast enough. Yeah. And Chris says in her confessional, she's like, I feel like they're just giving me a hard time about feeling sexual and just being myself. They're going to figure this out when they're my age and they're going to feel really bad about this one day. Like, yes, I get it. She shouldn't be shamed, but also like nobody wants to hear their mom. No, no one. No one will have to. (laughs) Yeah. Also, by the way, before we go into the next scene, I wanted to just mention that I didn't say this at the top of the episode. Another reason this was good, despite the fact that it wasn't that deep, is we saw a lot of MJ, Julie. Do you know, I would literally, I can't. MJ, I think, is the greatest addition. I will watch anything that MJ's in. I think she's the cutest, sweetest. I love her. I would die for MJ. I love MJ every day of Corona, by the way. I know, I know. But doesn't it make so much sense that Chris is her daughter when you watch the way she is? Like, I know she's obviously different now than she was when she was younger, but I see so many similarities. A hundred percent. So, you know, they're just... At, at MJ's house and she uh, Chris had brought her this like thing of, of documents and MJ's like you know it's just birth certificates divorce papers and Kim's there too and she asked MJ if she thinks she'd ever date again and she's like you know I would have dated by now I've had a couple of boyfriends and Kim's like really and she Chris goes wait mom what's a boyfriend and she goes you know a boy who's a friend someone to occupy your time <laughs> and Chris goes you could date at any age Mary Jo oh 
I want her with a good person. Yeah, just somebody who's good. I like don't think it matters. Like, listen, I think that if we're being honest, I think finance guys cheat as much as basketball players. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I was reputation there is pretty much the same. So I don't know. I was thinking more so in terms of being in the in the public eye as much. Yeah, I think she. Yeah. I think she needs someone out of the public eye. I think she needs someone that has no interest in promoting themselves or them their fame. Can I tell you my comparison that I want to make here? Yes, of course. Who I would love to see her with, totally different, but the equivalent of a Simon Tickman situation, Aaron Foster's husband. Yes. Remember, she, call. remember on the podcast, she literally said like, he's fame adjacent. You know, he's obviously in that circle, but he has no interest in being famous himself. But you can take him to anything. He can keep up with the crowds, but like, he's not going to be that person that wants to promote himself. That's exactly 100% correct. Yeah. Okay. So next scene they're at Kendall's house, which we never really filmed that that much, I feel like. I am so happy with the amount of Kendall time we're getting. Maybe it's just I'm still on like such a Kendall kick from last week, but I give me all of her. You are on a Kendall kick from last week. I know, it'll wear so, off. It'll wear off, yeah. So they're there and she's showing them her art studio, um, which was a theater that she never used, which I was like, you know what? That was a smart, that was a smart conversion for you. Yeah, interesting conversion, but smart. And she's like, should we get a little Art Vandalay Art Vandalay piece going? Which I love when a prank, a previously done prank, is referenced. I know Art Vandalay is the new Todd Cranes. What can I say? Exactly. So you know Scott's telling them. Which, by the way, they're doing this art project, and they're in basically full ha- hazmat suits. Is what it looks like, doesn't it? I thought they were adorable, by the way. Yeah, which was smart of her actually to have those outside of her, outside of the art room. Kenzel's a thinker. What can I say? <laughs> so, you know, Scott's telling them how he has to go to Arizona for this speaking engagement at this real estate conference. And, you know, it's, it's only like four to five minutes, but I'm excited about it. And Scott says in his confessional, he's like, you know, I figure if this goes well, I definitely think it could be a positive, great thing, not only for my life, but also for my real estate business. I mean, I used to get paid to go to parties and be a piece of shit. So things are looking up. Things oh, are looking up, Scott. It I, doesn't seem like such a different person. You know, yes, it does. And it's so funny because I feel like you and I so often, both on the podcast and also just like in our own lives, reflect on the difference in Scott. And so like for him to acknowledge the difference, I was like, yeah, that's what I was literally saying about you last week. Yeah. It, I, and it's, you know? I think that it's impossible for him to have had so much growth without acknowledging that difference. Yeah. He has to, he, he's, you know, the, the nice thing about Scott is that I think he balances like being super real about his past without like leading with the sense of shame. Like, listen, is he proud of it? No, but he also is, I think, proud of the point that he's at now so he can acknowledge it and kind of joke about it without being like, that was the darkest time of my life. I can't believe I did that. You know, like he's moved on from that shame element a little. Well, I think he fully has the understanding that he had to have gone through that in order to get to where he is now. And I think, because I think the Scott we knew previously, thinking back to season one of Kardashians, that Scott that whole time, you know, if he hadn't had gone through what he went through, I think that that Scott would still exist, but that Scott isn't comparable to the Scott we have now. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like he had to have gone through that to become a much better version of himself rather than the same old version of himself. I completely agree with you, Julie. Um, So Kendall, anyway, she says that she wants to flip a house and Scott's like, yeah, you know, you just have to find something with a good location, et cetera. Julie wrote, I think Kendall and Chloe have a great relationship. It seems like they do. I think Chloe is out of all of them is like the most maternal towards Kendall and Kylie. And I think that 
with the way Kylie has kind of grown up and, and become so independent. I feel like Chloe feels like the only one she has left to kind of have that role with is, is Kendall. And I think she plays it well. I totally, totally agree. It's so true. It's like she was kind of their second mom and then Kylie went on and became a mom of her own. Yeah. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So the next scene, Chris and MJ are at Dick's Sporting Goods, which let me tell you something, you could not have written this shit, which I mean, they did write it, but like you could not have made this shit up. You know, like, yes, they literally wrote it, but you know what I'm saying? Like I was losing my mind. When they I was just losing it. Sporting Goods outside and you hear MJ just the voiceover going, this isn't a Gucci store, is it? Is probably like, <laughs> the best thing ever. I know. So um, she's like, you know, they're looking for gifts. Or so so that was the plot. And Chris is like, I wonder if Rain has a bike. <laughs> Julie. <laughs> Julie writes, Yeah, Chris, he has a full playhouse in his backyard that's bigger than most people's houses, but they decided to skip out on the bike. <laughs> Why wouldn't Rain have a bike? I know. He literally is a mini Bentley. Like every single kid like first of all, I feel like bikes are so universal. It's like, what's the first kid you get a gift? Like gift you get a kid. A bike. Obviously, Rain, that little adventure little monkey boy, has a bike. Yeah, but also the funniest thing is that like, I totally get sometimes they have to stage things in order to make the rest of the plot believable, right? So, like, I get it. They were going to Dick's just for the show. But, like, did when Chris goes, you know, MJ and I are at Dick's Sporting Goods today because the holidays are right around the corner. So, even though we have some time before we roll into Christmas, I'm here to help MJ get on her holiday shopping done. And I'm like, you want me to believe that MJ does her fucking holiday shopping at Dick's Sporting Goods? Like, MJ had never heard of Dick's Sporting Goods before you brought her there. And like, yes, like you got Mason a Versace puffer last year for Christmas. You expect me to believe that this is where you brought MJ? I was about to say, MJ, poor MJ. She thinks she's going to Rodeo. You know what I mean? The next thing she pulls up Dick Sporting and she's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, and she's like holding, the, she's holding like a My Little Pony thing. And they're like, we could get this for true. And Chris is like, it's a fishing rod. Like MJ has no <laughs> idea what she's doing there. No, this is like really not her territory. <laughs> she's a fish out of water. So... You know, they're they're obviously looking at the guys shopping and Chris is like, oh, he's kind of cute. And oh, this was so funny. They're in the basketball section. The guy's holding a basketball and Chris is like, so you know anything about basketball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Chris in her confessional, she's like, you know, walking up and down the aisle at a sporting goods store suddenly hit me. This is the perfect place for Chloe to flirt with somebody. She's like, I, I, I don't know. You know? I, do I expect them to look at the camera and be like, 
we're doing this just for the episode. Like, no, but it's like, you come the fuck on, you know? I would have expected them to take us somewhere other than Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes, exactly. That's how I felt. Like the well, golf one, I could- to the men's section of Fred Siegel, I'd been like, okay, Chris, you, you have made this a realistic plot line now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your rumble boxing. You know what I mean? Like right. something a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think she was going in on the fitness angle. Anyway, um, she's like, you know, there's a lot of cute guys in here. And MJ's like, I guess you're looking, right? And she's like, well, I'm not looking. And MJ's like, it sounds like you are. She's like, no, no, no I'm looking for Chloe. So MJ's taking pictures of the random people at Dick's to send to Chloe. And Chris starts talking to this random guy. Turns out he's a trainer. And Chris's like, oh my God, my daughter's actually looking for a trainer. What a coincidence. Which, by the way, Chris in this Dick's aisle was every Jewish mother ever. Yeah. How many times have you gotten from your mom being like, I'm at this event. I'm sitting next to Susan. Her like her son's, you know, senior pen. What do you think? I mean, are you kidding? My mom called me into her room the other day because the guy who had delivered my Nana and Papa groceries was on TV giving an interview about their program. And she's like, come in here, look at this. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. She's like, cute, right? Like he's 20, he's a little younger than you. I was like, you are, you're on another level. <laughs> I know. I was like, this isn't normal. <laughs> so MJ's showing him a picture of Chloe and he's like, yeah, she, she looks kind of familiar. <laughs> and MJ's like making him flex for the picture. It's just hilarious watching the scene. And Chris calls Chloe and she has him her on speakerphone. And she's like, I'm with MJ. There's a really cute guy here. MJ showed him your picture. He's all for it. And Chloe's like, okay, in the confessional, she's like, my mom is just being crazy. She's like, she is foaming at the mouth for the opposite sex or maybe just sex. I have no idea. She's like, MJ is sending me pictures from a sporting goods store of these gentlemen. The shop is not open for business though. Closed. Like long story short, Chris ends up calling the guy and having Chloe on the phone. The whole thing was bullshit, but it was just, it was very funny to watch. <laughs> and then Chris and MJ are walking out of, of Dick's and MJ's like, it's a singles club in here. <laughs> she, I love her one-liners. She is, oh my God, she's got good one-liners. That's why her and Scott get along so well. So true. So next scene, we're going golfing and it's Chris, Chloe, and Kim. And oh, by the way, I loved Kim in this outfit. Loved. Right? Loved. Yep. And the whole thing is basically there are these other guys there, which were actually, you know, they were attractive guys. I and Chris like the golf was a really good call, honestly. Well, that's what I was saying. I would have believed golf any day of the week. You know, don't fuck with, don't, don't insult my intelligence with the dicks, but take me to a golf club. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, you know, she says golf courses are one of the best places to meet a guy. The guys are dressed well. They smell good. They're athletic. And you can see Chris is kind of like talking to the guys and Chloe's like, what's wrong with you? Did you take Viagra or something? I think someone put Viagra in your coffee, which what did that remind you of? Come on, I know you know. When they put the Viagra in the coffee and Rob drank it. Yes, I had such a flashback. So, you know, Chloe's in her confessional saying that she knows what Chris is doing. She goes, I know you're a horny broad, Chris, but get over it. I'm single and I'm very fucking happy. And they're there and like Chloe's not not engaging but she's kind of like keeping to herself and Chris is telling Chloe that she needs to be more friendly and she's like mom you're pretty much the most standoffish person ever you're only friendly if someone can offer you something Chris Chris goes or if I have a drink that's so true I did I don't know though I feel like she's wouldn't you think that she would be engaging I think that Chris most people have something to offer her and when they don't Chris has a drink in her hand I don't think there's ever a time where those two things aren't like one of those two things aren't exist yeah that's probably very true Okay, next scene, we're at the Kylie Cosmetics office. I loved this scene. No, loved. Loved, loved. 
So Corey comes to drop something off and he drops off this manila envelope and he's like, they said you needed this. It was a 911. She's like, I know. I just wanted to see you. Can I have a kiss? So he gives her a kiss and she's like, is that all? And, and they're like making out and he's, he's in her, she's in her confessional. She's like, sex at my age is amazing and a beautiful thing. And guess what? You just got to get it in when you can. And we see footage from them earlier in the week of them sneaking into the Kylie Cosmetics women's bathroom and making out in an elevator. So <laughs> I love this so much. I could not handle this. I know I couldn't handle it. So she's like, he's going, he's going to leave. And she's like, babe, don't leave. Don't you have five minutes? Don't you have like, you know, come on five minutes. And he's like, yeah, I'll make the time. And she literally kicks out the production crew. And the production crew is like, wait a second. Are they doing what I think they're doing? It's like, yeah, I think so. That is probably, I don't care if this whole thing is acted out. I, I, give them a fucking Oscar for it because I could watch that shit all day. All day, Julie. Like, I, like, oh my God. She, first of all, it was so relatable in a lot of ways. Like, you know what I mean? You know when you're just like, no, you don't give a shit. You know when you're in the Kylie Cosmetics office and you kick out your production <laughs> crew because you want to have sex in your giant office there? So relatable. Your boyfriend is 30 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, with all like, can I have a kiss? And he gives her a kiss and she's like, no. Like, yeah. you know? Okay, next scene. That was just, oh, so good. Okay, so next scene, we're at Scott's house, which I love when they give us an aerial view. I love Scott's house. We always sleep on Scott's house when we're discussing the houses. Well, we just don't get that much airtime there. But it's a good house. It's so simple. It's so clean. You wake up there and you just feel like healthy. Scott's house is exactly my style. It is so simple, so gorgeous, all white, gorgeous wood flooring. I love it. Yeah. Which is kind of like, it's kind of like you can't be a dentist and have bad teeth. Like you can't be someone who flips houses for a living and have a shitty house. Of course. You know, which is good. I mean, I think it's a testament to his talent. So they're there. And this was cute, by the way, when Kim goes for the snack and he's like, oh yeah, that was your dad's favorite, right? That was so sweet. I know. And then she was like, these gluten-free ones? No. And he was like, no, the ones that, the wafer ones that I have in the freezer. And she's like, oh yeah, that is it. Like, first of all, do you know how sweet it is that Scott keeps their dad's favorite snack in his house? It's not like Courtney's there. I know. He's keeping it there to either like, cause he, like, he knows it. He knows it as a fact. He likes having it in the house. And then he wants to have it for his kids in the house because they had it in their house growing up. That is the sweetest fucking thing ever. It's little things like that that just speak volumes. I loved that. And, you know, he's telling him about the speaking engagement. He's like, you know, I thought that it was four to five minutes, but it's actually 45 minutes. And Kim's kind of giving her adv- him advice, which we always say this, like, although that she kind of at the White House in the green suit, it wasn't her best, but also she didn't realize that that's what she was in for. So like, you got to give her a pass there. Typically, she's the best public speaker of the family, hands down. Right. Right. And we said it last episode when we were talking about her just like interacting with people. She just has a quality. She does. She's incredibly charming. A lot of incredibly well. Yeah, no, she really does. Um, And it's so, she's pretending to be the audience and it was so funny watching him like fully panic. Yeah. Well, Kim's giving him all these sample questions and he's like so stressed. He's like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. You're stressing me out. You're making it like we're at the White House again. You're too big for me. I should have had someone less famous over, which is so funny. So funny. So, um, by the way, I, 
You know, I was trying to think about it. I feel like this season thus far, tell me if I'm wrong, we've only seen Kim, Chloe, and Scott together. Have we seen a Kim and Scott one-on-one this season yet? Um, I'm sure we have. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I, I, I feel like we have. I love their dynamic. I'd rather see... I'd rather see Scott with anybody else but Corny. Like I enjoy his dynamic with the sisters so much more. Me too. Because I think that, well, the other thing with this, the dynamic between Scott and Courtney is that I think we've gotten all of it out of it that we're ever going to get. Yeah, it's so true. It's a shame, but it's true. So next scene, they go to an improv group. And this was like, this was the most Kim thing ever, because you think Kim Kardashian West, one of the most famous people in the world. It's the same, the, the reason that, she, the way that she would not participate in this improv group is the same reason that she will not dance. There are certain things that are just so outside of her comfort zone. And she's like, I don't need to do this. Like, it was kind of like, what was the thing recently? The zip line. When she was like, I don't need to fucking do this. Why am I putting myself through this? That was the I exact reason. So much for that. What? I respect her so much for that. It's like, I know what my qualities are. I know what my strengths are. I don't need to put myself out of my comfort zone just to prove something to somebody else. I don't need exactly. to prove it to myself either. I don't care enough to. And she also was like, I'm not, we're not here for me. She was going right. as moral support. Right. But you know, it was so um, funny when they're at the improv <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're saying like, you know, like we can just go off the bat. You never know what's going to happen. You're just, you know, you make it up on the spot. And she's like, oh really? I never knew that. And they're like, wait, are you being sarcastic? And she's like, no, I, I actually didn't know that. We're like, that is the definition of improv. What did you think it was? <laughs> Like that, I kind of just gonna let that one so smart. Like she's so smart, and then you see her in a moment like this, and you're like, you're still the same Kim you always were. Yeah, but you know what I was gonna say, and I wish Isabel was on this episode because she would probably know who was that woman. She either was on an episode of Millionaire Matchmaker. She was either on like she's been around the block. I'm telling you, no idea. A lot of times on these reality shows, I could see a hundred times in something else, and I wouldn't know. I'm terrible with faces. Yeah. What, what's the thing that they call me? Oh, a super yeah, recognizer. A super recognizer. Yeah. You are. No, the, like, really um, scary. I am. I know. They, on those reality shows though, like they'll, you know, Bravo, E, wherever it is, they'll like do, like this is a very common thing to like bring the people to an improv thing. And I'm telling you, she has been before. I'm going to try to figure it out. I'm sure someone will mess with Yeah, someone will do that mess and tell us. Yeah, you guys are so good. They're so you guys are like little investigative journalists. I swear to God, they really are. And by the way, I wanted to say this on our regular episode. We were talking about TikTok, and we were saying, "Hey Berg, who's Evan Berger, the guy who does the Trump impressions?" We were talking to him, and he said he got a lot of like came here because of comments by celebs comments. So well, I've seen a lot of them because a lot of people will tag comments by TikTok in his posts. Really? Yeah, like they'll say here because of at comments by TikTok. So I've gotten a lot oh of conversations about it. That makes me so happy, Julie. I know. He's such a talented too. guy. If you're on TikTok, I'm telling you, this guy is so talented. It's at H-E-Y-B-E-R-G. He does the best impressions. And also while you're at it, follow comments by TikTok and comments by Steve, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he would kill me. How much would he kill me? No, I'm like, honestly, I, I'm thinking about ratting you out. No, Julie, you can't. I just know what he wants and I know it's not this. <laughs> I know. And I feel like if I'm going to choose between the two of you, I'm going to take his side. I know. I know. That's why someone, I'm sorry. I have to just fucking say it. Someone writes in the last episode, our regular episode, we're talking about, 
what? <laughs> I have to. No. Let me, should, I get the, should I get the thing up just so that I can recite it accurately? You have to read it. I have to read it. Okay. So, but backstory. Sorry, I just got this one second tangent. Last week's episode, we're talking about um, Tyler Cameron and how, how he was talking about Gigi on that live stream. And he said like, yeah, she's a good girl. And I said to Julie, I was like, you know, if I'm being honest, just hearing Tyler Cameron say good girl, like really fucked me up. That's like my favorite thing for a guy to say in bed. Someone comments. Can I read it? Yeah, read it. With the, with the title, Awkward Daddy Issues. Super awkward to hear Emma's reaction to Tyler saying good girl and how much it gets her, quote, excited. It's pretty much psych 101. Leave your daddy issues for your own thoughts, please. I was like, first of all, first of all, Julie and I lost our minds. When I tell you we lost our minds, like... <laughs> if you never mind. Daddy Issues. It, it is me. You know anything clearly like what I want to say to this person is you must be new here because if you know anything about me you know that my dad is literally my best friend favorite person in the universe came to us on our fucking birthday trip because I won't go anywhere without him so I don't know where you got that from second of all you thinking that it's weird that I think it's hot when Tyler Cameron says good girl sexually that is a personal problem like that is something you need to work out that is not psych 101 okay that's your own thing about that is that like after you said your piece about Tyler Cameron I was like oh and the Timothy Chalamet of him saying it in Lady Bird (laughs) and I went on for 10 minutes about that and she was like she didn't care about that that she got I feel like with Timothy she was like that makes sense yeah, but come on. I mean, you're the weird one for thinking that it's weird that I think that. Like, yeah, I think that too. And you know what's funny is that we put on the Patreon group and every single person was like, yeah, I'm into that too. Yeah, and also if you're not, don't fucking shame me for what I'm into. I don't give a shit what you're into. Anybody can use whatever they want. So just fuck that. I was like, <laughs> like say whatever you want about me. And there's, listen, there's nothing wrong with having daddy issues, but that's just not my issue. I have other shit. That's just not yeah, one of them. Just not daddy issues. Yeah, just not daddy issues. Okay, moving on. Sorry. Which, by the way, Scott is an improv star. I knew he would be. I knew he would be. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. Like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the liquid lash extensions mascara. You guys have seen that it's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. 
And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, next scene, Malika's at Chloe's and Chloe's kind of filling her in on what's going on, which by the way, I like, when I was watching this, I literally totally forgot for a second. We only know that Malika's pregnant because we know. She hasn't told Chloe yet, right? Right. Okay. Well, Malika, so she's like, she's pregnant here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it hasn't come out yet. I, no. I literally forgot for a second because obviously we know. I know. That's going to be a good episode. Yes, it is. So, you know, Chloe's like, you know, my mom's been acting really weird recently. She's pushing me into dating. She's like, if I wanted to date, I would date. You know that. But I'm just not in that headspace. My mom's setting me up on dates. How pathetic am I? Like, I can't get my own date. Of course I can. I just don't want to right now. What's wrong with that? I would think my mom would be happy. And Malika kind of says, like, you know, your mom is just always going to be concerned about you and she wants you to have healthy relationships and move on with life. And she's like, she knows that you have so much life ahead of you. So I get where she's coming from. She's like, but you know, also, did you do anything or say anything to make her think that she should kind of assist you? And Chloe's like, well, I said I'm never going to date again, but that's like me saying I'm never going to drink again when I'm hungover. Like, we just say things. That and I've also said, I'm not sure if I... What? That was a really good comparison. A really good comparison. She's like, I've also said I'm not sure if I want to have more kids, which I'm not, and that's fine. I thought that that was... I don't know if that was a production stage question or Malika was just asking it, but that was a really good question that Malika asked. Yes. Um... And they're basically just having this whole conversation and, and, you know, Chloe in her confessional is like, this is one of the first times in my life that instead of just breaking up with someone and then just jumping into a relationship with somebody else, that I'm taking time to heal from the inside out. Tristan and I are doing a really good job of trying to figure out our co-parenting dynamic. So to add dating in there, I'm just not in that space in my life right now. So why rush it just to make everybody else feel more comfortable? I was like, yes, Chloe, scream that from the motherfucking rooftops. Yes. I mean, listen, I'm always supportive of Chloe. Same. We, we both are. I mean, like, the thing is, I get that every, like, I feel like this is like a weird thing to say because I genuinely believe that everybody in the family wants the best for each of them. Like, I really do think they're yeah, so I good and so. towards each other. But if I had to choose, like, who is the number one person that everybody celebrates the most? It's Chloe. Like, I think collectively they just want the best for her and want her to be happy. So everybody's coming from a really good place. But what I feel like they don't realize they're doing, specifically Chris, because she's so coming at it from such a maternal aspect, is like, they don't realize in the process, they're discrediting what she's putting so much work into. Like, it's not easy to be working on yourself and to be healing. And she's so proud of herself. And I think that what she would like from her mom, instead of pressuring her and making sure she's, quote, okay, is like, I am so proud of you for digging so deep inside of yourself and being so independent, et cetera. You know, that's what I feel like she's longing for. Totally. Yeah. Um, this was interesting when Chloe's like, you know, I'm not sure if I want another kid. And Malika's like, I think you do, which I'm sure she'll get shit for. Like, I'm sure people that would like, that's not going to be received well. Cause you know, have, I think her next are- point clarifies what she means. Yeah. She's like, the truth is I've had a lot of siblings. You have a lot of siblings. So you really just ask yourself, is this something I want to secure because I want to make sure and I want to know for sure that True will never have to experience being alone and not having the support system that you survived off of and so have I. And Chloe goes, that's really my biggest drive in wanting to give her a sibling. I'm just saying right now, I'm not sure. And Malika goes, it's okay to not be sure, but while you're in the unsure phase, why not freeze your eggs? 
And she's like, I'm not against it. I'm just kind of like, eh. And Malika goes, I will say, once you do it, it's the best insurance policy you'll ever have. You don't want to look back and say, I should have. Malika has become, or has maybe has always been, just such a calm voice of reason. It is such a like 180 from when Tristan was sending her the gift in the hotel and Malika was like, I don't know, I could see you guys getting back together. Like, I think that was an outlier of Malika's personality because this Malika is so calm, like so sensible, so calming, so great. And this is the Malika we know. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think like Chloe for so many people is the calmer that like, who's hers, you know? And like Malika just plays a role role in her life that really can't be duplicated by anyone. I totally agree. You know, I like, of course, believe everybody should do whatever they want in terms of how many kids, having kids, not having kids, et cetera. But I was, it was interesting, like watching, hearing her say that from the perspective of an only child, because like, God willing, I can have kids, you know, more than one kid. I will never only have one. Like, yes, I closer with my parents than I think I could have ever, ever, ever been. But I longed, I longed for and continue to long for a sibling. And like, I got that, I got what she was saying there. Like, it's really, I obviously don't have one, so I don't know what it's like, but like, I always wanted one. And I think like, I don't know. I think it's just interesting. You know, like, don't you, you grew up with two sisters. Like, do you think in your ideal world, obviously that you'd want, um, you'd want more than one kid? Um, I think so. But I don't, like, I, I don't know. I think that I, I always envision having more than one kid. I wouldn't want to have an only child, but I don't feel that if I had an only child, I would be doing a disservice to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are benefits to being, to being raised with siblings. And I think there are also a lot of benefits to being raised without them. Absolutely. I mean, I can only speak from the perspective of, of being an only child and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I loved it. Like I, it was you know, I think the the closeness that I have with my parents, I don't know if that would have been possible, but I think, I honestly think what shifted for me was when my mom died, I was like, I wish I had someone else who knew what I was going through. So like, yeah. God forbid, I think, yeah. I think like, God forbid something happened to me, I'd want my kid to have someone else who was having the exact same experience because like, yeah, my dad was sad. Yeah, my aunt was sad, but like nobody was sad as the kid. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that I totally, totally get. I think in that perspective, it's like, you would never want your kid to have to go through something alone. Yeah. Just an and interesting. I think that's what Malika's saying here also, where she's like, like you have gotten through so much, you know, you lost a parent, you've gotten through so much because you've had your siblings. And I don't know if you'd been able to get through it the way you have without them. And I think you would hope that true would never have to go through things that you've gone through, but ultimately she'll have to go through something and she should have someone there that can understand and empathize and relate to her. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting conversation. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Malika will get a lot of shit. Like, I think that it's, it's not going to be received well, but I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt because I, she was, you could tell she was coming straight from her heart. That's she wasn't, I never thought, like, I, I, I didn't, like, perceive that conversation as something that she would get shit for. Oh, I think the line, I mean, I'm not giving her shit, but I, you know how people are. I think the line when she said, when Chloe said, um, I'm not sure if I want to have another kid, and Malika's like, I think you do. Right. But I think also the understanding of like, sometimes your friends know what you want when you're not like when you're in a moment of self-doubt or like not thinking right into the future, just thinking in the now, I think that it's a Malik is one of those people that has known Chloe for so long that she's known where her priorities have always been and therefore knows that 
even in this moment, if you don't want it, based on everything you've said to me over the years and based on everything I know about you, I don't believe that to be 100% true. Yeah, no, there's zero part of me that disagrees. I just like, am curious to see how people respond because I think like the whole topic of, of like, I don't know. I just think it's a really sensitive topic, you know? I agree. Um, okay. Next scene, they are at, okay. Chloe is in her confessional and she's saying, you know, I need to just talk to my mom about all this meddling. And she goes to Chris's office, which by the way, when I saw Chloe in the first shot and she was wearing the oversized blazer, I was like, okay, like it's fine. But then when I saw she paired it with the leather pants and the Louboutins, whole other look. Oversized blazer. Right? Yep. That blazer, by the way, you guys, is what Julie wears to like a lot of events that we have. Basically that exact thing. Yeah. 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 I have a couple of those. So Chloe says to her, she's like, listen, mom, I know what you're doing. I'm just not in the mood for it. I've had this talk with you. I'm not willing or ready to date right now. She's like, I'm not upset in a crazy way. I just want people to. And Chris is like, respect your boundaries. Okay. You know, I just thought if you're in a situation where you have a social setting a little bit and it's unexpected, you never know when it might hit you. And Chloe kind of like laid down the law and was like, I'm serious. I'm uncomfortable. And Chris was receptive, didn't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they're in the confessional together, which I love when they are. And by the way, I loved this hairstyle on Chloe. Yes. And Chris says, you know, like at the end of the day, I just want you to be happy and realize there's a lot of life out there to be lived, socializing. And I just don't want you to be stuck at the house and I worry about you. And Chloe's like, well, I decided that I'm going to freeze my eggs just to get you off my back. And because there's no downside to it, why not? Chris was thrilled. Uh, oh, this is She goes, it ma- Chris goes, it makes me so happy. It gives me such a sense of relief. Are you going to make any embryos? And Chloe goes, you need sperm to do that. She's like, I'm sure Tristan would be down. And Chloe's like, I, I'm just not there yet. That was interesting that she said Tristan. Well, what do you, th- like, hypothetically, right? If we're, if we're engaging in this world where we're thinking that Chloe wants to have another kid and she's not with anyone, right? Do you think there's a possibility that she would do it that way? No. Interesting. Do you? I don't know. I have literally no idea. I think that it has, I mean, listen, I think that her and Tristan have gotten into a really great place with their co-parenting. And I think they're still actively working on it. And hopefully they'll get to a place eventually where it's as, you know, seamless and easy and great as it is between Scott and Courtney. I don't know if that necessarily will ever happen. And I think that, I think that, Chloe, I mean, I think that Courtney and Scott having another child together, you know, that way makes more sense for them than it would for Tristan and Chloe. I don't know if Tristan and Chloe will ever be in that place where they can co-parent another child and have it be so natural and such a decision the two of them had made. Well, like that aspect, yeah, totally. But also the flip side of it is for me, that's not even the thing. It's more so like, I think Chloe wants the experience of not just co-parenting, but like being, you know, being with someone that you also share a child with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think so too. And I think that, yeah, I think so. I think that, I think that that is something that Chloe really wants. And I think that she wouldn't at this stage do it and have an embryo just to have it. I think in her mind, that would be giving up the hope that she'll have a child one day with somebody that she's actually with. And it's almost like throwing in the towel in her mind, possibly. And I think that she would rather at this stage, I think, hold on to the hope and the belief that, you know, it's going to work out for her rather than kind of planning in the opposite direction. 
Yeah, totally. I think I just, I also think she's just like not there yet. Like I think regardless of what route she goes, I think she just like needs a minute, you know? Right. And I also think that the reason that Chris said that wasn't even so much about having somebody to parent with. I think that just from a purely scientific point that freezing your eggs as far as more successful when you, when they're frozen as embryos rather than just as eggs. Yeah. I think I will say though, like I know in her confessional, she kind of was joking with Chris and was like, I did it one to get you off like my back. I don't think she did that. And I would, I really like, I, I really think it was her decision and I really hope it was. Cause like I said, it's not like a, you know, nothing. It's not like it's a no big deal thing. Yes. In the scheme of things, it's on the lower end of the like intensity in terms of procedures, but it's still a thing. You're still putting your body through something. And I think that sh- I hope like it would make me sad if she did that just to feel like to get Chris to shut up. And I don't think she did. Like no, I really did herself. Chloe's a very strong-minded person. If Chloe doesn't want to do something, she's not going to do it. Yeah, totally. Okay, next scene, we're in Arizona with Scott and Josh Dalton, which like, I wasn't a huge Million Dollar Listing like watcher, but of course I know Josh. I wanted to be like, how's Heather? How's the baby? You know, like I was so happy to see him. I like their friendship. I think that's good for Scott. Me too. And, you know, it's, he's also a good, I think he's a good friend to like keep him on the straight and narrow, you know? Definitely. So Scott's like nervous. I mean, this is Josh's bread and butter. He does this shit all the time. And Scott isn't used to this. You know, when he was explaining it to Kim, he made it seem like he had to make a speech. Yeah. It was a Q&A. As somebody with stage fright, like severely, it's very different to have to go up and speak just yourself than have somebody ask you questions. Yeah, you're great in the Q&As. Yeah, but if I was alone, oh boy. This is Julie in the Q&As. The first like 45 seconds to a minute, she shakes like a motherfucking leaf and then she is golden. Yeah. I didn't even know. I think, I don't even, I don't even know if it's nerves or it's just like your hand uncontrollably shakes. Um, I just, I don't know. Combination maybe of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. I wonder how, how much Scott spends on hair gel a year. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I like the scene. I, I was happy to see, like, can I say something kind of, I don't mean this is a dig at Courtney, obviously. I am happy for her and I think her taking time off is amazing. But like 10 out of 10 times, I would rather see Scott at a real estate conference that I would see Courtney at a clean brand seminar. Like if I was choosing. Duh, because I, we care. Well, so first of all, we care so much about seeing Scott. Not that we don't care about Courtney, but like, it's not even a competition for me. I care about Scott more than most people. And also I'm far more interested in real estate than like clean beauty. Yeah. I think, yeah. Just a personal totally. preference. It was a totally personal preference. Absolutely. But then I, I felt like such a, did I tell you this? I felt like such a hypocrite because last night I was shopping on Sephora online and I, I not noticed myself only shopping from the clean beauty category. Cause I was like, I don't want those fucking sulfates in my face. Interesting. Or like parabens, whatever it is. So I wanted to just, Courtney, I do appreciate your work. I'm sorry. Oh, I appreciate Courtney's work. I am proud of her for her work. I'm just talking about from an interest perspective. Yeah. Okay. Last scene. This was so good, Julie. It was so good and so stupid. So stupid. It was, I didn't, have you ever seen a Seth Rogen movie where you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, this is so bad. It's good. That's how yeah. I'm on the scene. Yeah. Long story short, Chloe and Malika are at Alfred, which by the way, I didn't know they had that soft serve. Oh, you know what? We don't really frequent Alfred a lot. We could go back. We've only gotten it like delivered. Yeah. Yeah. When I was really so, nice to, to the dry bar people. You're so nice. <laughs> so um, 
Malika, basically, she gets a phone call that says, like, oh, my God, someone just saw Corey at, uh, like, at this hotel with a redhead. And Chloe's like, oh, my God, we got to go. It's like, It was what? so dumb. It was so dumb. Who, my question is, like, who is watching that and genuinely believes that that was a real plot line that happened? I think, I don't think anyone, I think they've gone to the point where, like, they know they have us. Right. You know? Right. And it was great. I loved it. I don't care if it's real. Same. You know, that's why I'm, like, I don't even feel like I want to say what they were saying in their confessional because it's just, it doesn't, it's irrelevant. They're talking in their confessional basically about how they were so shocked because Cordy and Chris have such a good relationship. Like, yes, right. we know that. So they get to the Beverly Wilshire and Malika's like, you know, how will you feel if it's true? And she's like, if it's true, I will slice off Corey's little dingling. And of course I'll be sad for my mom, but I think everybody should know it's happening sooner rather than later. Like that was a direct... She felt, you know what I'm saying? Like it brought her back for a second. Well, there was that interesting part where she says, where Malika's like, I just feel like your mom's so happy now. And I'm like, what's up with this? And Chloe says, do you think that matters? We all know that doesn't matter. People just stick their little dingling and anything. And when people, I just mean men. Yeah. Which was just like an interesting point. Like that's what I mean by like, even though the plot line is stupid, there are little things that are said in between that carry a lot of weight. It's so true because Chloe was so happy at the time, right before Tristan cheated. Right. So that's how she said, does that matter? Yeah. And I mean, also, let's not forget that Lamar also cheated a lot. Yeah. So anyway, they're expecting to see this redhead. They get to the door. Corey answers the hotel door and he's like, we have, you know, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we have a meeting. We wanted to say hi. She barges into the room, very a la Kim in Dubai, right? Yeah, except fake. But yeah, Kim in Dubai was some shit. That was like, that. that got my heart racing. Oh my God, that was some shit. This was different, but they're running, you know, running to find this redheaded woman that Corey's hiding in the back. Of course, this redheaded woman is Chris Jenner in a synthetic wig and her tits are out. I oh, mean, I've never seen that. Out, like, she looked amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like, look at Chris. Is beautiful. Look and at Chris what, Jenner. What that one part when, when Chloe's like, mom, like literally your tits are, I've never seen them like that. And, and Corey bends over and kisses her boob. I was like, oh my God, what are we getting here? I felt like I was seeing something I wasn't allowed to. I felt like you that know? too. I felt like I was, I felt like I was 11 years old again, watching Teal to Kill late at night without my parents knowing. Yes, Julie, that is literally, that is the best reference. That's how I felt. I felt like I needed to cover my eyes. Like I felt like I'm so sorry to interrupt you guys. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I, like I should not be here. It was amazing. I mean, long story short, this is obviously not real and Chloe and Malika left, but like just watching the visual of, you know, and honestly, yeah, this wasn't real, but I fucking bet you that they role play. Uh, yeah. By the way, the hotel, them being there was definitely real. It's no way Chris showed up like that and they didn't like get in some time before or after they left. Oh, of course. What, she was getting it on in the, in the Kylie Cosmetics office. Do you think she's not going to get it in a gorgeous suite? Speaking of role-playing, that Tracy Morgan interview was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hoda was on the verge. Hoda was like, get me the fuck out of here. I played it for my parents last night, literally at Seder, and they were in tears. Yeah. Hoda did not know what to do, Julie. I mean, literally, Tracy Morgan was on like live TV being like, yeah, you know, me and my wife, we've been role-playing. You know, like, she's the maiden, her grandpa's sick, and I'm the scientist who found the cure for corona who will do anything to get it. And, she, and I mean anything. And I was, Hoda's like, okay, you guys are wild. <laughs> I know, it was so good. Um, anyway, that's how the episode ends. Again, listen, 
you know, guys, we needed this week to kind of cool off. It was tensions were high the last couple of weeks. Personally, I was tired of feeling stressed out doing an episode. I was happy to be able to relax. Me too. And you know what? In the scenes for next week, did you watch those? Yeah. And the scenes for next week is going to be interesting because Chloe's talking about whether or not True is going to go to Cleveland to be with Tristan during the basketball season. Well, that's it was so funny because that's the point that you raised. Right. Where because yeah. I was like, when they talk about their co-parenting, Chloe's always like says in that one episode, she was like, Tristan's allowed to come over whenever he wants. There's an open door policy. Tristan comes, we eat meals together. But like, there was never, ever a discussion about whether True goes to Tristan without Chloe. Yeah. Which, uh, so that kind of answered our question that she hasn't thus far. Right. Well, we don't yeah. know about in LA, but definitely not in Cleveland thus far. I'm saying Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I think that's all. We love you guys. We'll see you on Monday for our regular episode. Also, I don't say this enough, but don't just like, listen, if you enjoy it, you should definitely subscribe. And if you feel so inclined to leave a nice review, it's really game changing for us. So we appreciate that. Or if not even just five stars, we will see you guys next week. Love you. Stay safe.